Welcome to HivriaCast, the podcast where I, Alad Nehrai, speak with some fascinating and incredible creative Jews. Hello, welcome to HivriaCast. I am Alad Nehrai. I am super pumped to have you here. We are starting season two of Hevria Cast, which means that we are going to be revisiting old friends, making new ones, and I'm very excited to be revisiting with one of my best, awesomest friends slash guest, guests on Hevria Cast. I don't know how to define you. Um, Leah Gottfried, welcome. Thank you. That I like that definition. Yeah? Yeah. Friend slash guest. Most um, awesomest. Yeah. That was great. So when I, in general... It just we, in general, you should refer to me yeah. like that. Cool. Please. Cool. That's my, that's, we'll make that our Facebook status. Perfect. Awesome. Great. <laughs> we are off to a good start right here. <laughs> uh, Leah, I think everyone already knows what you're up to since you are the most famous Jew in the world. Wow. Well, I, I don't that's know. That's quite... Maybe I'm exaggerating that. <laughs> an inaccurate title. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks. I feel like I just turned a compliment into an insult. <laughs> like I was like, yeah, you're... No, you're not. Sorry. Um... <laughs> Well, you are a, a uh, celebrity. Tell me all about what you're up to. Sure. Um, interesting that you're talking about season two of the Havria cast because oh. I'm working on season two of Soon by You, oh my gosh. which is my web series about Orthodox Jews dating in New York. So they're Very still dating. I've never heard of this show. Mm, you should watch it. <laughs> yeah. You would if love it. I don't know what it's about, so please tell me sure. a little bit about what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's weird. I think I've seen you at our premieres. That's true. We you also know? had a podcast where we talked we about it. We did. We did. specific episodes. Mm-hmm. All right. All good. I will explain anyway. <laughs> no, I guess you're right. <laughs> the show yeah. follows six young Orthodox Jews. I play one of the characters. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like Friends, but with more Jews. Um... Or Surgim, the Israeli TV show, but in New York. Right. Kind of a mix of the two, maybe. Um, and yeah, it's a sitcom, sitcom style on YouTube, web series. And it's mostly a comedy, but we also like to delve into deeper issues. Um, and I think that's actually something we're really focusing on with our upcoming season. Oh. So I'm really excited about that. Cool. Can yeah. you tell me a little bit about that? Is that yeah. something you're willing to share? Yeah, I can share general <laughs> things. Cool. No spoilers? <laughs> no spoilers. All right. Cool. cool. Um, um, yeah. So one of the themes of this next season is really like diversity. Mm-hmm. So like within the Jewish community and also um, outside of it. So we just want to we're sort of mm. expanding the world. So we started with these six core characters right. and they're all kind of from the same world. Mm. Um, we're going to be branching out a little bit, bringing in new characters, seeing what their experience is like in the Orthodox or Jewish world. And mm. then also people who are not necessarily Jewish or affiliated and just interacting with um, our core characters. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. So you're trying to explore different communities and then them also exploring like the world around them more than exactly interesting. So what's the idea? What's the goal behind that? Like, is there a reason for that? Yeah. I think the reason is really to just like represent a lot Mm. of different kinds of people Mm. and also to start conversations. That's like one of the main goals of the show in general. Mm. I think season two, season one was a lot about like starting conversations about dating Mm. um, and just kind of bringing awareness to what it's like for the people going through it. Um, and the pressure that they're under and just what they go through on a day-to-day basis mm. and making 
people just more aware of that and talking about it more and the kind of things that go on and how we can maybe change it. Mm. Um, we don't really present the ways to change it. We're just really sort of bringing up things. Mm. And I love when I see, see different people just talking to each other, either in the comments on YouTube or anywhere, just about things that they saw on the show and maybe how it relates to their life or how they see mm. things differently. Um, that mm. was a big thing with season one. And I think we want to do a similar thing in season two, just with more issues and, and broader subjects. Wow. Okay. That's really interesting because I feel like a lot of times artists try to be like, no, we're not trying to make a statement or right. whatever, but you're like, yeah, we are trying, or <laughs> at least trying ways. to get people thinking about we're just, yeah, we just yeah. want people talking. Um, we just want, we're like bringing up subjects mm. and then we're just sort of presenting them and mm. letting people talk about them. Um, it's interesting because yeah. I think like, I guess the danger of that, like on a creative level mm-hmm. is that it's very easy to veer into like preachiness, right? Absolutely. So how do you, yeah. how do you kind of like manage that? I think the way that we manage it is that we just sort of have our characters going through mm-hmm. like real things and real struggles. And we just want to show people other people's experiences. Mm. Um, so even if they've never experienced something like that, they can still relate to it. So it's not, it's not as much us saying like, this is how you should view things. It's really just saying like, this is how this person experiences this challenge or, um, this sort of world or what their world is like. Mm. And it's just like sort of seeing things from somebody else's perspective a little bit, I think, which I think film in general does, you know, like you, watch something and you're sort of transported into somebody else's life. Right. And you find different ways that you relate to them and connect with what they're going through. Even if you're very, very different, we're just doing more of that. So, you know, they did a study on people who read like literature Mm. and they said that like, I don't know how they calculated, but basically they said that people who read literature regularly have a higher level of empathy for people who are different than them. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah that which, makes so much sense. Right. Exactly. That makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. And I find that fascinating because we're always like wondering how do we improve the world? How do we, and like, I feel like it's so often we don't think of art as practical, right? Like mm. we don't see it as something that has a practical effect on the world or, or whatever. And then it's so interesting that you hear this. Like, I think it's pretty rare to find like methods and things that can, scientifically across the board increase empathy exactly. you know what i'm saying and um, what yeah. do we need more of if not empathy in this world really i thought things are going great <laughs> think so <laughs> what world are you living in a lot <laughs> denial but like it's yeah so that's really that's really i love that yeah so that's cool so you're trying so basically what you're describing is like the way to avoid preachiness is to take people into like a character. I guess that's what, when people say character driven mm-hmm. art, that's kind of what they're talking about. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. That's interesting. Yeah. So you take a situation that you're like dating, for example, mm-hmm. you're interested in and you transport a character into that situation. Is that, would that be like kind of. Yeah, exactly. Method? And I mean, maybe there are certain, certain messages like, right. you know, in certain scenes in season one, there was a lot of like showing how the pressure is just not helpful. Mm. Um, and I don't know, maybe you could see that as preachy. And if so, like I'm fine with that (laughs) because I think that's something I want to preach. Um, and that's something that we are saying that the pressure is just really not helpful. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. I guess that's, um, that is a big message. (laughs) It's interesting because I think like, 
Um, yeah, and I, gu- I guess there's there's always going to be some level of preachiness. And I think that's, I, I guess the reason I bring that up is because I've always wondered about that as a writer, especially I write essays. And essays are very much, um, there's a lot of, you know, the, the whole principle of show, don't tell, you know? Yes, That's yes. kind of very similar to don't preach, mm-hmm, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But I think that essays, by definition, have some aspect of preaching, right? They have something going on there that's like yeah, really preachy. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, and I, I think... I would want to like maybe avoid the word preachy and just sort of go with like something else, maybe like a message or an idea that you want to convey. Right. Right. It's so funny how we find the word, like it's like the same things. (laughs) Exactly. I've I've been thinking about that with like, I've been like like very uh, against tribalism recently, as Mm -hmm. you may be aware. And, uh, (laughs) and I've been thinking, actually I've been kind of meditating on, I've been also writing an article about like the, the positives of tribalism. Like, mm. um, and I realized that, you know, I work in, this is like a total, this is a semi-tangent. Please. This is a podcast. Yeah. Right now. What else is it for? We got to fill the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I just, no, don't worry. Uh, we're very focused here. But, um, the, I, I was, I noticed how, uh, so much of what I've done as a Jewish, like, you know, community builder is, tribalism like i'm trying mm. to build a tribe of creative jews for example like this podcast yeah. is about bringing together like creative jews mm-hmm. that i feel like are part if, even if they're not like physically in crown heights where i'm building like that community there it, we're, i still see us as this larger group yeah. of of jews who are like we need to stick together absolutely like we, you know and there's and that's tribalism but mm-hmm. when you're talking in jewish nonprofit speak that's called like community building you know and, <laughs> and uh, whatever depends how you label it exactly yep. or we're building a lab or you know like whatever <laughs> it's like the the point is that it, it's i i find like i've been starting to understand how like we use these other words mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. based on how we feel about the same exact thing yeah absolutely so preachiness versus a message versus or, a message mm-hmm. and that sounds so much more inspiring exactly that's so interesting. <laughs> right? I wonder, I mean, there is obviously got to be a qualitative difference, right? Between preaching and yes. having a message. Yes. What do you think that is? Um, Lay God for you, your thoughts. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm being like very silly today. I, I like it. Please. <laughs> <laughs> we need more silliness in this world yeah. along with empathy. Um, <laughs> the two things. <laughs> um, Please preach I what you think. think. <laughs> I don't know. I think the way I think about it is like, I just want people to sort of see a different perspective and you're not really trying to change people's minds or like force them to think the way you do. It's more Mm. about just understanding the way that you think and like seeing your perspective, similar to how I guess I was describing just, you know, understanding a character by watching them go through their life, um, just seeing somebody else's perspective. Um, but I guess, I guess specifically with the messages, um, like I'm thinking about season one and with the pressure and all of that kind of thing, that is, I don't know that I would say it doesn't seem preachy to me. I think it feels more like this is us from our perspective telling you what it feels like when you do this to us. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, you should understand what this feels like. Wow. You know, I, uh, something I've thought of sometimes with art is, um, so I also, uh, go to therapy in case I haven't made nice. that very clear also, yeah. but so <laughs> I, uh, I learned this thing in therapy, which is actually really fascinating. It's like these different forms of communication mm-hmm. and one is aggressive, one is passive and mm-hmm. one is assertive. 
Have you ever heard of this? Yeah. Yeah? So, yeah. like, aggressive is, like, you suck, you, or you screwed this up, and I'm blaming you, like, you, you, you. And passive is either not speaking about something or avoiding something or speaking around something, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, um, and because you're afraid of the confrontation, confrontational yeah. aspect of that. So a lot of people kind of vacillate between these two, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I... I myself had this issue for a long time. I still do. I think a lot of people do, which is that I'll be passive because I'm afraid of confrontation. Ironically, some people who see me as very confrontational, <laughs> like I might not be aware that, and even in my own personal life, I mean, also not just in like as a, as a writer, but I think like that what they didn't, what they don't see is that there's also what happen. what happens is when someone's very passive for a long time, they, they are thinking in a construct of passive versus aggressive. So they, they think the only way I can speak up about this is to attack the other mm. person or blame the other person or focus on the other person. Mm-hmm. Then assertive communication is like, you know, it's funny. It's become almost like a joke now, but like, it's like the I statements, right? Saying, yes. I feel like this. You're like, I feel like you, you really yeah, When you me. are a horrible person, I feel like them. <laughs> that's like the jokey aspect yeah, yeah, of it. Yeah. But there's actually like a lot of power to that where you're saying like, I mm. experience this and I'm telling you that. And, and the point is that when you say it like that, the, the hope is that you're you're communicating in a way that's not invalidating the other person's mm-hmm. experience where mm-hmm. you're saying, this is what I experienced, you experience your thing, let's let's now talk about our two experiences. Yeah. And I feel like that so much is a like kind of a really good uh way of thinking about like art with a message, mm. you know? Ooh, I like that. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's kind yeah. of literally what you described. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. not saying like you orthodox exactly. world, you're saying like I as a mm-hmm. person in this world am How sharing my yeah, feelings. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. And it's just about more of like a mutual understanding. Right. You know, and I think I think more change can come that way. Um Right. You know, I mean, I always say the goal for me was always just like to understand and um, for people to kind of just get what it's like. Right. Um, but I guess the end of that is really so that they change and, and don't do things that could be hurtful. Right. Um, and I think the best way to do that is not from like an aggressive um, place, but more of like, you right. know, like you said, describing it as like just really the I statements. Yeah. Like we as young single people, <laughs> you know, kind <laughs> right. of thing. I guess that's like the difference between like a cable news show and like to, to be snooty about it, arts, you know what mm. I'm saying? Like I think mm. that like a bunch of people like yelling on a screen that like this is this person's fault and that's that person's fault. Mm-hmm. And by the way, mm-hmm. I want to just say for the listeners, anyone that feels that I do this, I totally own that if I do that sometimes. Because <laughs> I think that's actually really important to acknowledge and to look at. Yes, like, why, yes, like, yes. When are we doing this? Why are we doing it? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. yeah, I think that's like, I think that's, and I think that's something you're so good at, by the way. I think mm. like that's something Thank that's you. not easy to pull off. Like to say, I want to stick to sharing these, like the difficult, like here are these issues with mm-hmm. dating, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but to say it in a way, an assertive way, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's it's funny. Cool. I never even thought about it in those terms, but I think that kind of happened organically. Um, Interesting. Yeah, because we we always were pretty aware of the fact, like we never wanted to be, you know, teaching the audience mm. or um, in terms of like Jewish things or just in terms of the experience of what it's like. It mm. was more of like always try to show, right? Mm. Um, and I think that just sort of happened naturally, where it became like 
whenever there's like a pain point of something that we want to explore, right. it became about the person that it's affecting, you know, and because those are our characters and about what it's like for them. Wow. I mean, that's that's really interesting because I feel like because I think then the uh, the danger of of that is like that you can easily go into the passive role which is like we don't want to upset people right yeah so we're gonna like not even address Mm -hmm. it so it sounds like Mm -hmm. to me that balance is so important of saying like i'm i am going to address issues exactly but you know yeah that's come up more recently for us um like in our fifth episode we partnered with aura um they have this halakhic prenup that oh, cool. helps resol- is helping to resolve the Aguna mm-hmm. crisis. And that was one of like the rare things that we outright in the episode said, like, this is important. <laughs> Go do it. <laughs> um, both because they were a partner, but also because we felt really strongly about it. And it's, it's like product placement. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It yeah. literally is product placement. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. And so certain things we will take a stand on like that. Wow. Um, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. So what else do you feel like you're trying to talk about this, uh, this season? Yeah. And like, um, I'm curious also specifically what, like for you personally, why mm. there were things that you wanted to explore beyond, beyond dating, you know? Definitely. Yeah. I think with the first season, it was super focused on dating and it still will be, and it's still about their interactions. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of it came from like audience feedback. Mm. Um, You know, we got so much feedback from people saying like, thank you for showing my story. Like this literally happened to me and like, I can show this to my parents and they will understand what I'm going through and things like that, which is like mind blowing. Um, Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And so I think there were also some people who said like, I like it. And, but you didn't quite represent where I'm coming from and like, mm. would you share a story like this? And we got a lot of that also. Um, and so I realized, yeah, we want to show just more, more stories and, and have more people see themselves represented on screen because really it started from a place for me where I watched Strugim mm. and I loved seeing characters like myself portrayed on screen, modern Orthodox Jews dating, and it felt yeah, super remember- authentic. I remember you talking about this last time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Really cool. And it was like a huge moment for me to see that wow. um, because I'd never seen that before. And that's a really big thing to see a person like you represented in in that kind of art. Um, and that's really where the show started. And so it did that in, in a way for a lot of people in the first season. Hmm. And we want to do it for more people in the second season. Oh, wow. I love that. That's yeah. really cool. No, because that, that's, I feel like the, the being, feeling seen, like that. It's is, everything. Yeah, that exa- yeah, that's such, I feel like that's the, like, like there's the empathy for other people, but then there's also the incredible power of feeling like some someone has empathy for me in a sense, you know, someone exactly. sees me and experiences exactly. my. Exactly. Yeah. I think everybody needs that, like, it's probably one of the most important things, like just a, such a basic human need to be understood and to be seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's fascinating. Cause I, I, I think like, number one, I think like I had a million thoughts about this, but like, so <laughs> trying to organize my thoughts, Please. but, <laughs> um, but I think like one, one, one thing I was thinking was how that always feels to me like the biggest compliment of someone, when someone's like, this is exactly what I was thinking or exactly what I was feeling. And you put it into the right, yes. you know, oh, it's like exactly. so good. Exactly. And it's actually interesting because Tolstoy's definition of art um, is, he calls it like an 
this is a little bit. Uh, I'm about to go on a total tangent. I'm not going to do it this time. Oh, okay. I refuse to do it. All right. But we'll talk about Tolstoy soon. I like your tangents. Okay. <laughs> no, but this is really important. Okay. This idea of being seen. Yes. No, yes. I, I just love that. And I think like, um, I'm just thinking about how, and I think it's also really interesting how we often, I think as artists start off with like our own, like our own need to be seen. Right. Yes, so, right. Exactly. And, and so then we, then other people respond to that. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. there's what you're describing, which is, oh, we start to see a need for others, you know, to be seen. I mean, that we start to see this, like these other narratives. And I think mm-hmm. like, um, that's been a big part of my evolution, I think, as a, as a religious artist, because I think I started off just being like, here are my experiences as like a Balchuva, as uh as a person with mental illness, as, um, let's see, like, um, a creative Jew, like, so it's like those three things, especially I would share a lot, I would write a lot, a lot, a lot about. And from there kind of created like a community and connected with other people that were like, someone's writing about being, you know, having bipolar and having, you know, like these sorts of things, which other people were afraid to Mm -hmm. speak up about. And Mm -hmm. finally, thank God becoming more mainstream. Mm -hmm. But like, um, so it's, but then what was interesting was like watching how there were people who were tangent, like, connected uh, like like you're describing kind of or like a step removed from these stories like abuse victims mm-hmm. for example are very often suffering from mental illness it's not something i experienced so it wasn't something i wrote about for a while mm-hmm. and so like th- that became something that i then either gave other people a platform to write or i wrote about you know yeah. and i think like oh and then on people are like oh my gosh there's someone who hasn't experienced what i'm writing about but like or that i've experienced but is is writing about and cares about us mm-hmm. you know it's like such a so i think that's it's so beautiful to me it's to really hear beautiful. that you're, you're going in that way. Yeah. Thank you. I think that's, what's so beautiful about art in general. Like if mm. it can evolve in that way, right? like it starts from a need that you have right? and then it just expands mm. once you sort of fulfill that a little bit. <laughs> right. Um, it sometimes yeah. is even more fulfilling to sort of branch out and, and include other people in that and give them that. Cause not everybody creates in this sort of way. Um, yeah. you know, not everybody has a voice, so I think it's important to give a platform to people who want to have a voice and they can speak for, for a lot of people. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, that's actually really interesting because I think that can be almost the, the problematic aspect of being an artist who's like need, like very deeply needing to share their own story, which mm-hmm. is, is great. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important. Uh, by definition, it has like inherent worth. But I think what's interesting is like that there is this other level of like the way I think about it sometimes is um, entrepreneurs are very often taught like I used to work in startups and Mm. like one of the things that you hear almost right away is something don't only think about what you want like you you may start that way but you like unless like if you really want to build like for example a viable business that has demand like so it's interesting because it's connected I think Um, if you want to build something that has demand then you need to fulfill a need that exists that's unfulfilled by other people you know and i think it's so interesting because it's so connected i Mm -hmm. think to that this artistic thing like where we're we often like the need is i think what happens is that we when we write about something we really need to express it means that someone else hasn't fulfilled the need that we have right but then we start to see oh there are other needs and 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 maybe there's no one writing about this or no one doing something about this and Mm -hmm. that's even more then you're doing like a service. I think. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, yes. 
<laughs> End of podcast. <laughs> We've solved. I problems. mean, that can like heal the world. Oh. That's really interesting because I think that also shows how an artist needs the only way they can be the kind of person who builds empathy in others is for them to be empathetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Um, because, yeah, as much as you start from a place of like expressing something mm. that's sort of dying to get out from inside of you, um, you can't just have that one perspective. So kind of by definition, an artist needs to understand other people. Mm. You know, I think. Yeah. Otherwise, every character right. or every piece of art is just the same. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. You need all those different perspectives. Right. That's really fascinating. I mean, I think um, I imagine I, I, w- I would think like as a I, I remember reading this, <laughs> this essay by E.B. White. Do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he wrote he was like beyond like. Charlotte's Web and all these awesome mm-hmm. things he wrote, these books he wrote. He also was actually a prolific essayist. Ooh. And so he wrote an essay about, like in a foreword, okay, in a foreword to his book, to his his book of essays, <laughs> he wrote an essay. Yeah, of course. Okay? I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and his essay was about essays. No. <laughs> <Okay>. Wow. <laughs> it was, yeah. so it was a lot of just, yeah, very meta, <laughs> super meta. And the point that he was making, one of the points he made in this, in this foreword uh, is that an essayist, I'm sorry to always bring it. I'm bring, actually, I'm kind of proving the point right now, but that by talking about myself, that he, <laughs> he says an essayist by definition needs to be a little egotistical, like, mm. because it means that they're self-focused, like th- th- to be an essayist, like to a certain extent, you're kind of saying, this is my perspective. Even when you're writing about others, you're mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. still being like, here's my take on it. Right. You know, here's right. my, like for li- like lack of a better word, my preaching on this subject, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. um, and I think that that's something I really admire in uh, like people who create like fictional worlds mm-hmm. like you do, which is that you uh, you're by definition have to like you're you're right. You're saying if you only did it from your place, then it would just be like a bunch of different Leia Gottfrieds like on exactly. screen, right? Which would be, I mean, we all love awesome. Leia Gottfried. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is actually that was that was always something I was. I think I imagine that's also true for acting because I. I, I don't know if I told you this, but in the last, I, th- I might've told you this, but in the last podcast, mm-hmm. you <laughs> were talking to me about your character that you played. Yes. And I totally pretended like I knew what you were talking about. What? And I had no idea that you were <laughs> an actor in the, in the show. Are you kidding? Because I didn't recognize you. <laughs> I, because I, you did such a good job of. That is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's like a it's a story wow. of both my stupidity and your your <laughs> great acting. Say. <laughs> wow, I, I love that. That's amazing. A lot. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that it really because I I couldn't imagine you because <laughs> I well it was so funny because I think I had known you before right the sh- or, or somehow I had known you before I'd watched the show maybe, okay and like yeah, I'd yeah, heard yeah. of you or whatever mm-hmm. and then or I yeah whatever I I'd, I'd known you before I. We spoke. Connected the dots. Right. Yeah, right. We right. spoke. Right, right, right. So I saw you as very intelligent and very thoughtful. And <laughs> no offense to that character, but oh, yeah. I don't completely see her that way. And right. I think 
that that was so cool. That's amazing. That you, yeah. That you, I know. So you just pretended. <laughs> totally. It was wow. more that I like, cause I started just agreeing with you and then I was like, wait, what have dug a hole? Have I dug myself into? And like, cause I don't, I didn't want to make the whole podcast about how I like no clue what you were talking about. So, <laughs> so this one will be. I literally, it. yeah. Like literally five minutes wow. after the podcast, I went and, no way. and watched the show to be like, wait, who, which character was he? That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Wow. So. I had no idea. Yeah, feel free to re-listen to that and I hear will. me lie I through will. my teeth. <laughs> it was more just nice. like dumbfoundedness than lying. Like I was just like, yeah, okay, you're yeah, right, really you're funny. an actress, cool. Um, so yeah, so anyway, my point is that it, I think like that, that requires immense empathy, I think, to be able to yeah. embody this other person, mm-hmm. not to mention mm-hmm. write, you know, write exactly. them and all these things. Yeah, it's always a, a funny balance between like hmm. bringing a part of you to oh, each characters, right. to each character, and you know bringing something new to it, so they're not all so much just you. Right. Um, both in writing and in acting, I think. Interesting. So I always, I usually start projects like writing a character from my own experiences. Mm-hmm. So with Soon by You, it was Sarah Feldman, who's the artist that nobody understands, right. um, and you know I started from that place. But then I was able to sort of tap into other people I knew or mm. different parts of myself mm. um, writing when I was writing the other characters. Wow. So it's, yeah, it's an interesting kind of like, I guess, balance between both of that, you know. That's really cool. I mean, I think that really gives an insight into empathy, I think, like that. Yeah. There is this part where we start with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's like the seed, but then. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me a little bit more about how you built that character, like, specifically? Which one? The one that you play. What's her name? I told Sarah you. Jacobs. Or Sarah just Jacobs. 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 For those in the know. <laughs> um. yeah. yeah. Tell me, like, I'm curious how you, so what start, like, what aspect of that is you? And then mm-hmm. what, how did you then build, like, a, a, I mean, essentially, I think with each character, you're building a universe, right? So Yes, exactly. So, yeah. So how did you build that universe? Mm-hmm. So Sarah Jacobs came a lot from people I had known um, or like friends, a specific Mm. friend from high school um, (laughs) or just like a bunch of people. um, And I just, she was just a lot of fun to write. Like Mm. everything about her, I just had so much fun with. It was like a place to sort of go beyond almost what a regular normal person would do. I got to like push some boundaries with her and she like says things that Maybe, you know, I would think but not say Mm. um, and things like that. But I think with her, what was really interesting is that it started from a place of being a little bit like a caricature of this kind of jappy girl. Um, Mm. But I as the episodes went on and as I kept writing and playing her, I sort of like almost like peeled back layers of her and Mm. got to like what was really behind all of that, Mm. which is a lot of pain. Um, cause she's like just super lonely. Mm. Um, and was that something you saw, you felt like you saw in others as well? Yeah, definitely. Wow. Definitely. So a lot of her is just sort of a mask that she shows to the world mm. of somebody super put together and confident and in ways she is, but in a lot of other ways, she's just really alone. Um, and mm. I think we saw a little bit of that in our season finale. Um, so it's been interesting to like have a character evolve um Mm. 
Because all of that wasn't necessarily there in the beginning when I first wrote her. I guess like there were like inklings of it in my mind. Um, but as I got to keep writing and playing her, um, I got to like delve deeper into her. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I think, again, I mean, just to keep going back to empathy, I think that shows how also the process of art makes you more empathetic. It does. Yeah, because you're really like... It really does. If you had only written one episode, you wouldn't have like kind of pushed yourself to yeah, go deeper. Exactly. Yeah. And now I see, I meet people like that and like, I kind of see them differently. Wow. And, you know, maybe people watching also see people like that a little bit differently mm. because we've all got stuff, you right. know, um, even people who seem like they have it all together. Yeah. That's really probably especially those people. <laughs> yeah, that's. That's what I like to tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I mean, no, I totally agree. I mean, I think it's interesting because I, it reminds me of like um, my, uh, I had a, uh, my wife was talking about a, f- a friend that like was really upset about someone who kind of talked about themselves a lot. And like, mm. this was a, so like a friend of a friend and they, and they were kind of, you know, and, and they were just like they, to the point where they didn't want to be with that person anymore. And she was saying, like, I don't see why to that. And this is why Rivka is super holy. But she's mm-hmm. like, I don't see why that person doesn't see that it's so obvious that this person clearly is insecure. Yeah. Like no yeah. one talks about themselves constantly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. unless there's something like that really kind of scares them about their own lives you know exactly like is that normal i don't right. think right talk about no so yeah that's exactly it um says the essayist who says he writes about himself a lot <laughs> but, yeah. that's different <laughs> it's art yeah if it's art it's okay <laughs> exactly <laughs> anything goes <laughs> but yeah yeah so i think like um that that's that's really cool. I think that's really interesting because I think, yeah, like you're saying, we're living in this world now where we're, uh, it's just, it's hard. I think it's become harder to see that in others, you know? I think Especially so when too. We're on it, dividing lines in certain areas. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, and also, I think a little bit of like social media has messed that up too, you know? Right. Because we almost like, we almost create that image. We do. Know? It's like right. a self-created image where exactly. we're like... Everybody's talking about themselves all the time. Right. And they're yeah. doing it in a very... like. And I always find it I, I always find it fascinating that Instagram has filters. Like, because it's like, the, it's like they've literalized <laughs> the, the metaphor, you know, yeah. where they're saying like, you can... Wow. And now they have masks, right? Oh my God. It's like, it's all... <laughs> it's like the beginning of like a horror movie or something. <laughs> it's a dystopian... It is. Science, we're living in thing. it. Yeah. A lot. Do you realize? <laughs> it's right there on your phone. I feel like we're having like a college conversation. Dude, do you realize <laughs> you're living? But it's true. It's so true. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's like, it's it's fascinating. These Insta- I mean, I, I think Instagram is a really fascinating place because it's so visual. Mm-hmm. And so, um, not to put anyone down that use, I use Instagram, but I think yeah, like. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you rock Instagram. But um <laughs> By definition, it, it requ- we make ourselves these caricatures, kind of. You right. Know? Um, yeah. And that's difficult. Exactly. And it's very hard, I think, to complicate that message because psychologically we don't want to. You know? and, but then also technologically it's hard to show depth when you're literally only taking photos with small descriptions. Exactly. Exactly. Know? Yeah. 
There was actually an article written, I'm trying to remember the details, but they were talking about how the moment, kind of the moment the internet went from text, largely text-based, to very visual Mm. was when, especially social media specifically, um, when images and definitely video, no offense to uh, video. Yeah, no. (laughs) But um, the moment that happened, that was like when things start to change more in social media, like mm. where there was a lot, there was a lot more of like a utopian sort of feel on the internet. Like, or I think it, it was naivete even when it was just written. But I think the point being that there was a certain depth being brought out because writing to a certain extent requires nuance. Whereas like a two minute video about like viral video um, is almost impossible to have nuance in. Mm. Right. Mm. Um, and I mean, it's an issue with writing as well, but it takes yeah. it to another level when you're doing it on a visual level um and i remember yeah i remember reading i'm trying to just remember the specifics Mm. of it but i found that to be really uh fascinating because i think yeah what are we talking about (laughs) (laughs) that social media is like we're talking about social media takes us right and and things are also so short now um to that same point where you know how much can you really understand things on a deeper level if it's just you know a couple of lines or a photo Right. Um, yeah. Twitter is like a great example. Exactly. Because that actually is still as much as there is visual stuff going on there. Text is so it's still text, and right. it is super poisonous. And I think I'm on there. I've been using it more and more. As someone mm. like the more you get involved in op-eds and political writing, like the more useful it becomes in a lot of ways. Sure. And uh, wow, it's like I can feel it. The effect on me. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because it's very hard to say like. To it's almost impossible to make a point that has a counterpoint to it. You know, you kind of have to make just one. Yeah, one very right. specific point, mm. and it's much easier to do that in an emotional way. Like it's much it's and it, and so it kind of becomes a self perpetuating thing. Well, yeah, not a lot of room for like nuance. And... No, I mean it's almost <laughs> like by definition exactly. un, unnuanced. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's right. Yeah, they well, like literally designed it to be mm-hmm. like that. Um, I wonder if that affects the way people just communicate in their lives. Like if you're on Twitter so much and sort of mm. training yourself to express and communicate that way. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's sort of affected how people communicate to each other. You know. Right. That's so interesting because yeah, I I can't imagine I or I have to imagine that. It lowers empathy, right? I mean, there's mm-hmm. that's got to be happening, yeah. which is so interesting because that's we were just talking about things that increase empathy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah, it's so fascinating because I remember, I remember there was a period like I still struggle with this, but I remember there used to be a time when, like, I would kind of be trying to balance marketing my pop chassid blog, like, so I would be sharing images on Facebook. That was back when you could actually build an audience on Facebook. <laughs> well, it's a whole other discussion, but like, I would be sharing these things and. And I remember being like kind of obsessed with that, like in the numbers, you know, and the shares right. and all these things. And then I and I remember thinking, you know, as much as I'm obsessed with, as much as this takes up time in my life, I'm having much less impact uh, with those than I do with one piece of writing, even one wow. that has like a bit of like a very few shares, because I'll get an email from someone saying mm. like this changed my life or something, wow. and. And that's actually why, beyond like the technological side of it, which is that it's much harder to, to do, I, it's also that I just realized like why I'm just wait, I'm putting so much energy into something that's such low emotional return, you know, and maybe actually hurts right. me and others, you know. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, 
I don't know. I think we have to examine that because I think the other side of it is that artists have been given this incredible opportunity. Mm-hmm. You, right? You're like a perfect example of that. YouTube. Yeah. As, Hello. YouTube has kind yeah. of destroyed the world. No offense. But YouTube, <laughs> like, if you, there's like articles about how it's mm. like done all this crazy stuff to people because it can take you down like this rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, but at the same time, we have your exactly. stuff going out yeah. there. Like, how could you, you, you could not, I doubt you would have no, a platform. Not at all. That's what's been so amazing because, you know, growing up, it wasn't really a thing. Right. Um, but then once I wanted to create the show, I had a platform. And it's a platform available to anyone and like gives people their own power right. to produce their own work. And I think that there's something so wonderful and empowering about that. Right. Um, and I think we've gotten so much out of it and so many amazing pieces of art and video have come because of it. Um, same with all of social media. Like there's lots of, lots of like inspirational things and ways you can connect with people and groups for people like you, right. um, you know, the Hebrea group, um, and all of that. Woo. Um, <laughs> and there's so much beauty in that. And, and that's mm. something that's, I think, propelling us forward in a way, yeah. just the whole, the world really. And at the same time, like pulling us back. So it's like, it's it's a place for amazing connections and art and at the same time a place that can do a lot of damage um, and just, yeah, make people, I guess, lose some of their natural empathy, maybe. All right, Leah, <laughs> how are we going to solve this? <laughs> We're going to solve it. That's we have 20 minutes. Good, okay, we can do it. <laughs> Please, it's me and you, if anyone can. Totally. Totally. We are clearly the masters. So, I, I mean, I'm like... I am curious, like, because it's so yeah, I know. interesting. So it's a big question. Because honestly, it's something that kills me. Like, it eats yeah. at me a lot because right. that, I I really, like, used to look at social media as like, wow, this is going to really, and it it has, like, like you're describing, it's revolutionized. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way, like, even I, like, I'm in this podcast studio, right? We're doing literally what we're describing, which is this podcast studio built, thank God, with a little support from, from, Cla- uh, in like, from from Klal, which is the organization here, but the truth is, this is like a dinky thing that we put together. That I'm using GarageBand on mm-hmm. my computer. It's mm-hmm. not like I have some producer helping exactly. me. Exactly. You know, you can do it. Right. Yeah. Um, and actually, part of the reason I, I'm investing more in podcasts because I think that it, like, how many mediums do you have where you have like an hour long, like thoughtful conversation, right. Right? right? But but still, I think my point is that. There's like, yes, we see the opportunity here. We see like not, both you and me would not be sitting here like talking about mm-hmm. what we've accomplished mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to Absolutely. be very like, yeah. And then if we, if this didn't happen, but at the same time, like we're aware of all these, chesronim, you know, these, mm-hmm. these, uh, mm-hmm. these uh, downsides to it. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I, I honestly don't know what the answer is. I probably have talked about this on this podcast, but I, I right. really don't know. Right. What to do. And it's, it's, it's eating at me more. Yeah. I think. I think as it becomes more pervasive, um, it's just going to become both like a bigger opportunity for a lot of people and a bigger problem right. um, at the same time. And I guess, I don't know, it's about like which side, I guess, is, is more powerful or which one hmm. does more, um, like which one outweighs the other. I'm not sure. What do you um, think like you as an artist? Yeah. Like, what are the things that you have done? What are the things that you hope to do, like, to kind of address these issues? Yeah, I think for me personally, it's 
been amazing because I've been able to build a fan base and produce my work and put it out there without having to go like the Hollywood route, which is how you used to have to do it. So it gave me a lot of power. And then at the same time, um, you know, just having Instagram or Facebook and, you know, getting sucked into that can take me away (laughs) from writing Mm -hmm. and from living my life. Um, And also it just puts me sometimes in a state of like, looking at what other people do and like, oh my God, I did nothing, Mm. you know, kind of thing. And I think that happens to a lot of people and it can be discouraging in that way. But, um, I, yeah, I I try not to use it so much. (laughs) Um, like I, I like to use it for work and for, you know, connecting in that way, like for that purpose, connecting to people that way or posting about projects, Um, I don't really post so many personal things, Mm. um, because whenever I do, it just becomes like, oh my gosh, how many likes or like, what (laughs) do people say? Or like, why are nobody commenting on how amazing I look? (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, and that's just so (laughs) dangerous. Um, or just like looking and, and seeing what other people are doing and feeling like you're, you're lacking. So I think I'm trying to just like utilize the good from Mm. it and not get sucked into you know, the place where it just feels like so much judgment and Mm. um, danger there. That's really interesting. I feel like, yeah, one of the things that really resonates with me about that is just the idea of like focusing on producing as much as possible, you know, because I think when you take yourself out of that Mm -hmm. and you... Like I remember um before okay uh like before Trump was elected I was having a lot of difficulty cuz I didn't I was very afraid of writing about him like I wrote one article and mm. really pissed people off for good reason and um and I was so what I was doing instead was like impulsively posting on Facebook like angry rants mm-hmm. because I was like oh, I can't write about it and then but I had this you know it's like the passive aggressive thing so sure. instead it came out in this like really crazy unhealthy way mm-hmm. i think um and then what was so interesting was after he got elected i was like all right so i have a choice i can either keep suppressing this for four years or i'm gonna write about it mm-hmm. you know and it's fascinating to me how um as much as there's anger a lot of anger in those articles how much better i felt like the moment that that switched wow. because i started focusing on producing like sitting down in in the subway where i write mm-hmm. and like just I'm just gonna write about this I'm gonna get it out there and I'm not going to be thinking you know I'm not gonna be writing like oh this I I just saw this thing on social media and I'm reacting to that you know no I've thought about this Mm -hmm. I've processed it and and now I'm processing it again in output you know and that's like such a different experience yes Yes. I like that I love that Definitely. So like it's it's just less about reacting to things automatically and, right. and just sort of like spewing and it's more about like right. taking your thoughts and cultivating it into a piece of art and then putting it out there on those platforms. Yeah. 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 I love that. And I think that's also connected to the idea of like um, what what is the like the difference between these two, you know, which is that I think that a lot of times we think we're being productive, but like psychologically, we mm. think. not necessarily consciously, but like psychologically. I'm like, at least I, this happens to me, especially because I work in social media and I work in marketing and stuff. And so I think I'm being productive just because I posted something right. and it gets a reaction. I build an audience mm-hmm. and there is a very slight bit of truth to that, I think, which is funny to say as a marketer, but, <laughs> I, um, but I think like, 
I mean, it's part of why I'm trying to move away from it because mm-hmm. I think that I see that as very poisonous to think of s- social media as a work, right. you know, because right. I think it is almost by definition poisonous. Yeah. Um, I think so. Yeah. And so it's almost like you're saying, like we have to have that other process mm-hmm. outside of it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, it's, it's been really powerful for me. I started like turning my phone off or putting it on silent when I write, yeah. um, and, or like just at certain times, like not even having it in my room when I sleep kind of thing, like just mm. separating myself from it. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's funny how that sounds extreme. It, I know. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, what you do that? <laughs> yeah. It's like a limb, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's also something so beautiful about Shabbos where you just sort of yeah. just physically put it away and also just mentally like remove all of the thoughts about huh. all of that. Um, and that's really amazing to be able to like take space to just sort of be present and whether it's like focusing on a piece of art or anything in in the moment. Yeah. Mm. I think that's like meditation has been something for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Same. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Like when you, (laughs) you just like forget that life doesn't have to have that constant connection. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Even five minutes, like meditating, it's incredible mm-hmm. like, to, mm-hmm. to do that. And suddenly like all of that doesn't seem so urgent anymore. Right. You know, I find like whenever I post a new project or anything, I'm constantly checking and right. checking the likes and the comments and all of that. Yeah. And it feeds me and it gives me a lot, but it also like takes me away totally. from my actual life. Um, and so I think breaks are just really helpful. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I remember um, like every now and then when my stuff would go like, like I've had a few times where my stuff has gone viral. And what's mm-hmm. interesting about that is that you'd think it's like, oh, that's like a great thing. And it is great in some ways. But what was the, the, the life of anyone who worked, like puts their work out online, like you're describing, is this feedback, right, Luke? Yeah. So even when you are separating and then you're creating, you're putting it out there, there is that feedback right mm-hmm. and so like i don't know how celebrities do it because i, I right? don't get how you could constantly yeah. be dealing with that but like so because that i had like a taste of that with mm-hmm. viral articles mm-hmm. and i'm just like obsessed like for a while i'd be obsessed with it and it totally would stress me out even though it was really good in theory <laughs> yeah you know yeah. it was it just like destroyed me you know for <laughs> right. like, a, like right. a day or two i'd be done like i couldn't do anything mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's like so yeah, it's so interesting. It is really interesting. Also, because I feel like as artists, I don't know if you're like this, but like the feedback is a lot of what I'm like wanting, oh, yeah, you know, like like sure. we were talking about before the, the need to be seen and understood and like just people saying like, oh, I get this and I like it. And like, this is right. just like my experience. Um, and so it's again, kind of this like push and pull between wanting and needing that and, and letting it sort of feed you and then it becoming like too much, right? you know. Yeah, that's so funny because I always, every now and then I'll have like this flash of realization. I wish I had it more often, but like <laughs> when I'm like compulsively checking like the comments or whatever, I'm always like, you know, I would read the exact same comments and I would know the exact same amount of shares and all these things and reactions if if I waited a day, right? Mm-hmm. Or two days even. Mm-hmm. Like um, I would know, th- I would have the exact same input. 
Like the input's not different. It's just the rate at which you're taking it in. Right. Like, and it would be yeah. 10 times more productive to like take, <laughs> to wait. yeah, take yeah. like 10 minutes to look at it a day later exactly. as opposed to like however long. <laughs> a second every minute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if that's, you're at a really good pace. You know, <laughs> <You know. laughs> uh, but yeah, like that's, uh, that's really, yeah, I think, um, this is good stuff. This is really helpful. Good. I same. I, I hope other people find this helpful. They will. Because, yeah, I think that, they they, that I think most so. any, anyone that puts anything out there, I think, like, that's the thing. Like, we're all creators in mm-hmm. some way. Yeah. You know, these exactly. these days, for better or for worse. Absolutely. We're all caricatures. We're all this. We're mm-hmm. all that. Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> This is another one of the college conversations. Dude. Dude. We're all we're creators. All like, yeah. <laughs> we're all Kim Kardashian, man. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm more like Chloe. <laughs> okay. That's anyway. cool. Thanks. I have no idea. I mean I get the reference, but I don't I don't totally understand. That's, but that's, that's cool. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um cool. Awesome. Um what else on your mind, Leah? We got we got a few minutes before. What else? Yeah. Anything you wanna I guess you don't have anything to plug until January, right? January, hopefully, yeah. We're yeah. filming season two. Yeah. Um, I'm currently doing like a combination of writing, which is amazing and creative, mm. and like product placement and sponsorships, mm. which is a totally another side of me. Um, so I've been bouncing back and forth between all of that. Cool. But it's been How, how does that fun. feel? Can I ask? Is that like, am I going to ruin your sponsorships if I ask you? <laughs> so... It's, I'm super grateful for it, for uh-huh. this model that we've created. And a lot of times we partner with organizations that have a really important message and uh, it's, right, it's like, wonderful, like Aura yeah. and Prenup. Um, and we're going to be doing a lot more of that with season two. Mm. Um, and that's been amazing to be able to integrate that into the show. Mm. Um, and at the same time, super challenging <laughs> because, um, you know, some things don't fit as easily as others. And so we have to be really creative. Um, so I guess that's good. Challenges <laughs> us creatively. Yeah. Um, and I have, I work with Danny Hoffman who co-writes with me and mm. we're, we're a pretty solid team at that by now, you know, knowing how to integrate all these different products and brands into the show. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been fun. It's, it's amazing to see like the response of people who want to be in the show. Mm. Um, you know, I kind of like put out this post looking for sponsors and I got a flood of emails and that was super reassuring. Wow. Um, hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting. Which is wonderful. So we're moving forward. We're chugging along. It's happening. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, now that I know that you're an actress, I'm excited for you as an actress <laughs> as well. Uh, I mean, I knew you were an actress. I didn't know you. Anyway, don't, right. don't worry. No, I know. Whatever. <laughs> All um. good. We're good, a lot. We're good. So good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Anyway, you know, um, I still think back to that first podcast we did, I think over a oh, year yeah? ago, because wow. that was just one of the best conversations I had had. Like mm. I was doing a bunch of interviews. I guess it was like a spurt of different interviews and they were all like very similar questions. Mm. And the discussion with you was just so just like open and like mm. talking about real things that I wanted to talk about. And I feel the same way right now. So mm. thank you. It's just so really wonderful. That's going to be the whole podcast right now. I'm going to like just grab that part. And no. <laughs> put it on repeat Please for don't. now. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Well, that makes me so happy. I'm really Good. glad. I mean, I think that's part of the goal, I think, is mm-hmm. to not, like, I just think 
I think in general, like the this work of like getting real, you know. Yeah. What happens when people stop? What's that line from the real world? When people stop being nice and start being real, or Ooh. something like that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Real world. I don't think so. Okay. I'm so going into familiar. super tangent territory. <laughs> My point is that I think like that's yeah, that's what we're that's that's I think like the world is really craving that I think like yes. that. Yes. Less of the BS. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. less of the BS, less of the I'm constantly on a press tour like I'm constantly like right. Right. you know that as much as we have these manufactured identities at the same time maybe even because of that we need that we do. Authenticity. Yeah. We've decided what the world needs in this podcast. You realize? We, yeah. When we solved the social we media problem. We solved the social media problem. We said we just need more empathy. Yes. Along with that no goes more No one has said art. that before. No one ever said that. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else have we solved? A silliness. I said more silliness more at silliness. one point. We need more silliness. That's it. it. That's really That's it. it. We've... We've solved everything. Odd. Well, yeah. <laughs> Look Just and we did it in the right amount of time. Exactly. That's impressive. Perfect. All right. Well, um, we I probably won't have you on again because we've already solved <laughs> right. everything. And this might be Perfect. the last episode. It's, yeah, because there's but. nothing really more to say about anything. All right. Cool. Well, um, thanks for listening, everyone. This is the end of every cast. Um, if, we, if I do discover that there are other things to talk about, I might Doubtful. have another episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, uh, Leia. I almost called you Rebecca. I don't know why. Thanks, huh. <laughs> you, Leia. I don't either know why. Because <laughs> you're just a, such a great actress. I <laughs> thought your name was Rebecca. Uh, I've never played you. a Rebecca a lot. <laughs> but I just... You can see it already. <laughs> I just created a character okay, for you. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for coming. It was so good. And I also, like, you're such a pleasure to have on here. Thank so. you. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening to HivriaCast. I'm Alad Harai. If you'd like to hear more and read more of our work, you can follow us by going to hevria.com or facebook.com slash mag. We've been recording at the Kalal Studios in New York City, and the music that you're hearing is Voice Lessons by Darshan. Thank you so much. We look forward to seeing and hearing from you again. Darme